Hello and welcome back to episode 41 of the Back Pocket Banner podcast. Um, your host, Connor and Blair. Uh, it's good to be back. It's been slightly, a uh, bit of a hiatus of, of late, Connor. Yeah, it's been a little bit of a hiatus, but yeah, it's great to be back into it. Yeah, and there's obviously a lot going on in, in the world of sport, both um, at an elite level and locally, so we've plenty to chat about tonight. Um, first of all, all um, how was the week? Yeah, pretty standard week, just working and then just headed down to the local footy on the weekend, so fair bit to keep me busy at the moment. Yeah, no, that's it, and you've obviously got your footy starting up uh, this weekend, so that'll be good. Yeah, should be pretty good. Pretty excited to get into it. Might be a bit rusty early with the fitness and the skills, but it should be a lot of fun. Run around and try and get a kick? Yeah, that's the way. See how I go. <laughs> okay, so first of all, um, obviously since we chatted last, I think the Making Their Mark documentary uh, had come out. Uh, Connor and I binged it uh, quite quickly, and it was it was good. Um, I really enjoyed it, and I think lots of people around the um, around everywhere uh, enjoyed the insight into um, professional professional careers and what goes on behind the scenes for a few clubs and players. Um, so that was pretty good, I thought. Uh, what do you rate it out of ten, Connor? Oh, uh, it was pretty good. So I'll. I'll Give it a 10 or pretty close to. Uh, yeah, just provided a good insight. Everyone knew there would be challenges for the players and stuff, but it really delved into what those challenges were and how severe they were for some people that uh, probably didn't know the full extent with the players and coaches and officials that were featured in it. Yeah, for sure. And, I mean, um, I've seen a couple of funny things. There was plenty of... Uh, Plenty of coarse language throughout the um, doco, but yeah, we binged it quickly and bloody loved it. Uh, it was awesome, and a few ripper sprays in there. Um, a personal favourite, actually, uh, Stewie Jew uh, of the Gold Coast Suns at halftime. I think the boy's probably down by about 50, and he's come in and absolutely give him hell, uh, and it was <laughs> lovely to see. Yeah, it was a fair spray from the lads, and I don't think they turned it around, but I think it rattled a few of the young fellas. Yeah, and then up up at the Gold Coast, and I, I must ask on it, I can't figure it out. But what's the go with Nick Nat sleeping on the ground? I mean, the bloke's two meters and he's a hundred kegs, and he just sleeps on the ground. Surely, surely you pull up a bit stiff the next day or something. Yeah, for sure. Like most people, they probably found that a bit weird. And I know he was obviously away from home, but yeah, it was quite weird. And yeah, the um, you'd think he would pull up sore and not be able to sleep very well and very comfortably uh, throughout the night, just sleeping on a, on a hard four. But, um, yeah, I don't know. It worked for him, I suppose. Yeah, and sure. that's what he does. Yeah, yeah and the doco also showed he was a bit of a muso, Nick Nat. Enjoyed playing a few tunes behind um, the scenes. One of my probably personal favourite parts of the doco, uh, apart like putting aside the Richmond stuff, obviously the insight into Dimmer and, and the Tigers and, uh, such a professional outfit. It was great to see. Um, but my one of my favourite parts is probably, if you haven't seen it, get on it because um, Stewie Jew versus Matty Rowell um, and one of their trainer um, blokes in um, a, a bike ride simulation uh, up Mount Everest or something. And, um, and yeah, Stewie Jew, he's, he 
pedaled for about 24 hours straight, the big fella, and still got well and truly doubled. So, uh, But he had a crack, and, and we love him for it, the big fella. Yeah, it was a fantastic effort from the big fella. And I think Matty Rowe and the – I think Matty Rowe got the jockeys. But I think the – He always does. I think the trainer only was like, like less than 10 metres behind for the whole thing. Mm. So they were pretty close and obviously pretty uh, – two pretty fit men. And very, de- very determined old Matty Rowe is. Um I reckon apart from that, uh, is there anything else from the docker that really caught your eye, Connor, or you really enjoyed? Um, obviously, the tiger flag was um, pretty pleasant. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, that was pretty good. But, yeah, like you said, the sprays and just sort of seeing, like, the um, meetings and the, yeah, just that insight into the preparation to games and how much they put into preparing. It was pretty tough with some four-day breaks. They would have had to get on with it pretty quick. Uh, doing their study on the opposition, but that was pretty, um, yeah, pretty insightful and interesting. I thought. Yeah, and coming out of it, I guess, is there any um, anyone you like more and like less? Because personally, um, from my personal perspective, watching it, I think um, I've not I wouldn't got not got res- more respect for, but um, I've taken more of a liking towards Rory Sloan the way he um, kind of operates as a person. Uh, I really enjoyed his kind of side of the story, and I think he's um, pretty pretty good lad, um, Sloney. And probably part of it that, like someone that I haven't uh, didn't do that the um, doco didn't do justice. Probably didn't I. Th- I don't really rate him from the doco uh, as much. Would probably be Leon Cameron, just kind of the way it showed um, the unfolding of. The Canelio um, getting dropped and that sort of stuff. The way that kind of unfolded, uh, it's kind of pushed me. I'm a bit off uh, Leon Cameron, I think. All, all respect to him, but um, I thought that was pretty kind of ordinary in how he handled that um, and kind of, you know, embarrassed the skipper of your club uh, in front of, you know, all the boys, first of all, and the wider um, AFL world, so... I thought that was a bit poor from Leon, but um, and love Sloney from it. So yeah, yeah. I think um, I always like Rory Sloan, but as a player, but uh, I think he's a, f- a great person as well. Um, from the from the doco, from what that showed, and uh, yeah, Leon Cameron uh, probably didn't handle some things that well, and I'm not sure the players and people at GWS, some of them would have agreed with the decision and some would have, but it definitely created a bit of a stir amongst the whole club and they really struggled. But, uh, yeah, that's probably... So those two kind of? Yeah, probably yeah, yeah probably those two. But i am got a lot of sort of respect for the... Uh, well, it showed Brendan Gow and uh, Peggy O'Neill, so the uh, CEO and club president. But I've got a lot of respect for uh, not just them, but like all the club presidents and CEOs with how they had to handle it with the financial situations and throughout COVID, the year. Yeah, COVID really threw a curveball and made it tough. So, no, it was good insight with that COVID kind of thing, I thought. Um, but, yeah, I reckon um, yeah, I reckon we cover that pretty well. We'll move on to some tips uh, for the upcoming week. Um, first game, we've got Tigers and Saints. Uh, Tigers are coming off two losses. Uh, much to our disgust. But I'm going to back the boys in uh, to get up this, w- this week. I think they're... Um, Due to play some good footy in and get the chocolates, get the four points. Yeah, no, I'm going to back the Tigers in as well. Uh, round 
three, they didn't play fantastic. But last week I thought they were a whole lot better and they probably would have beat most other sides out there. But Port Adelaide are a good side and, yeah, they're not playing their best footy, but uh, they never do it this time of the year and uh, not many teams really do and you, you probably don't want to be. Just got to win enough and then sort of keep building. So I'll back the Tigers in there. But St Kilda were very impressive last week after being under scrutiny. So it should be a great game. Yep. Uh, West Coast, Collingwood next game. I'll back in West Coast. Um, Collingwood probably, it's at, it's at Optus. So that's probably why I'm leaning towards West Coast. And I think they'll be um, out to make amends after last week uh, going down in the way they did. Yeah, last time um, Collingwood and West Coast played, it was at Optus and Collingwood were massive underdogs and they obviously they won that game and surprised a lot of people. It was a final, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah in the elimination final. But, yeah, I'm going to go for the Eagles. I think Collingwood are one and three and they've got a couple big weeks coming up and the uh, long-term injury to Taylor Adams doesn't help them from the midfield, midfield perspective as well. Yep. Um, next game, Connor. Next got, game, yeah, yeah, sorry. Yep, we've got the dogs, dogs in Gold Coast. Uh, I think this is a – although I think Gold Coast could be a sneaky chance, um, going the, the safe bet and backing the dogs. Uh, what They're 4-0 now. They're really building nicely. Uh, I think their midfield is uh, first class, probably the best in the comp. And, yeah, if they can piece it together in the back and forth, like – Back line and forward line, I think they'll be very hard to beat this year. Uh, so Bulldogs, I'll tip, and they will be my certainty this week. Um, we're going to be bringing that back. Uh, we're going to make a list. And uh, Connor and I will both put things into a list and then we'll draw out of a hat if we get our certainty wrong and see what we're doing. So, uh, But, yeah, Doggies are my certainty. They will definitely beat Gold Coast. Yeah, I'm going to um, agree with you there and go with the Doggies. Although um, I'd be hopeful as a Gold Coast supporter that uh, you can really challenge and make a pretty good game of it and possibly win. Who knows? But, yeah, the doggies. Yep, that won't be a certainty. Uh, Sydney and Giants the next game. Uh, I'll back in Sydney. I've liked how they've been playing, although, you know, they're probably due um, to, you know, not perform as well. But I've really liked what I've seen from them this year and the young fellas have been good, so... I'll back them against um, Giants. Yeah, Sydney, they, they've been really good. They've been surprise packets so far. and They weren't as good last week, but the fact that they still won uh, shows a f- uh, fair bit about them. And the Giants will have a lot of confidence after last week, but the Swans are red hot at the moment, so I'll back them in. Looks like we're going pretty synchronised with tips tonight. Um, Port Adelaide and Carlton, it would be a miss of me not to tip Port Adelaide, although... Carlton showed things. Uh, Port are a good side. And, uh, yeah, like if they get on top of the clearance like they kind of did against Stars, you got Boke in there. Uh, those sort of blokes are just just uh, relentless. And, yeah, they'll they'll have no trouble uh, managing Carlton. Yeah, once again, I'm going to, yeah, go for Port. Uh, they did cop a bit of collateral damage last week with a few injuries to some good players, uh, which is unfortunate and which will make the job a bit harder. But it will be interesting to see uh, how Carlton go after winning the last two games and also how Port Adelaide play on the G because they're, they're not there too often. Um, but, yeah, I'll go f- 
for Port. They've been good for a couple of years now. Yep. And um, moving on to Essendon and Brisbane. Uh, should be a good game, I think. I've liked what I've seen from Essendon this year. And Brisbane, I'm not sure about them. I don't know if it's wishful thinking me wanting them to lose or not. But I will tip the Dons in this, in this clash, uh, even though they're outside um, Brisbane hot favourites. But, yeah, I'll pick the Dons. Yeah, I think... I think both sides have been a bit unlucky, and they both sit. I'm uh, pretty sure they're yeah they're both one and three, but they've had a, a, a couple pretty narrow losses. Uh, I think Brisbane have probably had the tougher of the draw, but yeah, I'm going to go Essen as well. I think their their luck deserves to um, sort of change. They played really well last week. Uh, they had having uh, 36 tackles, I think it was in the last quarter, so that was a fantastic effort. Um, to get themselves really in the contest and they only just lost. But, yeah, I really hope Essen can get up and I uh, think they've got the ability to do so and yep. pile a bit more misery on, on Brisbane and that would make it tough. But it's it's a big game for both sides. Yep, moving on to Adelaide and Freo. Uh, Adelaide have been good this year. Freo not too bad as well. I think the odds are reasonably similar in this one. I'm going Adelaide. Uh, even though Texas is going to slow down, I think uh, I'll back in Adelaide to get a get a win by about four goals. I reckon. Yeah, um, yeah, I'm probably going to go with the Crows. I reckon it'll be I reckon it'll be pretty tight. Uh, Fremantle had a good win on the weekend, but at Adelaide Oval, the crowd uh, is a big factor, especially when they're up and about like they are and. The big Tex is just kicking goals for fun right now. So um, hopefully for them, he can keep that going and yeah, get another win on the board. Yep. Uh, Hawks and Melbourne, uh, the next game. Uh, Melbourne hot favourites. Melbourne have been good, I think. Uh, they've lost Steve May, but which in what was a nasty um, thing, but we'll have a chat about that next. But yeah, I'm going to go uh, Melbourne against the Hawks. I think Hawks are just, you just don't know what you're going to get really. And I just don't. Uh, like I think Melbourne are quite a good side this year and they will surprise a few people. What They're 4-0 already, so they've probably already um, surprised a few people with that. So, yeah, Melbourne will get the win comfortably. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I'm going to go to the Ds as well. Uh, Hawthorne, they're going through a bit of a rebuild stage. They've got some some good young players. Um, CJ down back looks very good for them. And a great player for the future for him. But yeah, the D's have been really fantastic and Stephen May's a bit of a loss for him, but there's no reason why they can't make it five and zero and uh, it seems to all be starting to gel for him. I know people said that in previous years and they've disappointed, but um yeah, it'll be interesting to see if they can maintain this, like like your Sydney and like your Western Bulldogs, because all those sides have been promising the last few years and uh, sort of fallen short, but yeah, the days for me, they're going really well. Yep, and the final game we have got Geelong North Melbourne. The easy option is to say Geelong will absolutely pump them. However, I have a slight, a slight feeling in me that North Melbourne could put together the first win of the season against Geelong, and I think. You know, Connor and I have been twinning all night with the tips. Uh, well, we are twins, so that would make sense. But I think I'm going to tip an absolute roughie here and go North Melbourne to get up. 
Uh, I've liked what I've seen in a few, like, not whole games. They haven't run out four quarters for the year. But even last week, you know, three-quarter time, they're right up. They bring it right up to them and they just absolutely – but I don't think they turned up in the last – I think they went home at three-quarter time because um, they lost by about 40. But I'm going to I'm gonna tip North Melbourne. So um, go on you, Ruse. Yeah. Yeah, they're up by four at three-quarter time and having a real crack and then – Somehow they lost by uh, 41 points, I think it was. So that's obviously not ideal, but at least they did have a crack and at least they were in the game and you'd think uh, they just ran out of legs, but you'd think uh, if they can keep putting themselves in that position, they'll get a few better results. But, yeah, I'm going to split you on this one. I'm going to go to Cats uh, as my certainty. Um, I don't really have much belief in North Melbourne's ability to win the game and sort of their year panning out the way they want. But I, I really hope North win, but uh, I just don't see it happening. So I'm Give me a very confident statement about the game. Just give me a real confident statement about the outcome. You, if it, if of, it's a certainty, mate, if it's a certainty, you give us your certain. You're, you're certain of it. You're not You're not, not sure. You're certain. Come on. No, I'm. Pr- I'm that's what I said. I'm pretty certain. But I just think... Uh, you can't be wanting North Melbourne to win, though. Uh, well, I wouldn't... I wouldn't... Um, I wouldn't uh, be too discouraged if North Melbourne win. Like, um, like they, did, they sort of deserve a win, and you feel a bit sorry for them at times. But I think Geelong's midfield's a lot stronger. They've got Dangerfield coming back. And so they'll pump them. Yeah, and their forward Commit line... Commit to it. Yeah, and I think they'll beat them reasonably comfortably. Very comfortably. Uh, probably six goals, maybe more. But um, their forward line potency is just, it's too good for North Melbourne's inexperienced inexperience defence, uh, in my opinion. Yep. No, you probably went the safe option with six goals. I was hoping for 12 plus. But, however, um, you know, certainly you, you've got to, you know, I'll... I, Oh, I think I'll play more on the edge than yourself, but that's all right. We move on. So we've got uh, injuries. Yeah, well, you, you, certainly for a reason, but, yeah, nah, fair enough. Yeah, some injuries. So we'll just go through these reasonably quickly. Um, there's a fair few at the minute, uh, especially last week. You've got Taylor Adams from uh, the Pies. He'll be sitting out for 10 weeks with a knee injury, uh, which is pretty poor for, like, uh, pretty unlucky for him and them. Uh, he's an important player. That hurts. You've got Isaac Heaney, who stupidly has punched Zerk Thatcher, his absolute jaw of steel. He's punched him in the face. And take a broken hand with you, mate. Take a broken hand home with you, Heaney. Take that, mate. I'm really not about that. I hope that hurt. And I hope you get weeks. Even if you don't, I don't care. You should. Yeah, well, how much... Um, Just going back to Adams just for a sec. How much would Collingwood... Uh, be wishing they had Chaw at this stage. They're a really good midfielder down now, and it's going to be tough. But, but yeah, Zerk Thatcher, it's like he had already had a titanium plate put in there. He's obviously got uh, jaw and cheekbone of well face in general of absolute steel, and that's it's it's silly for Heaney. And um, people say unlucky, but you don't really sort of feel for him because it was just a really silly thing to do. Um, in the moment, but he's he's a big loss to Sydney, really. Yep. Now we'll shoot through these. So Dersma, ten to twelve weeks uh, with a hi- a bad hyperextension, and Butters in the same game. He's going to be sitting out for six at least, if not 
uh, similar to Dersma, 10 to 12 maybe even. Uh, we're not sure. But that, those injuries uh, to two young stars for Port Adelaide, when they're Port Adelaide, are, you know, cruising pretty well, that, it hurts uh, for sure. Yeah, Dersma requires surgery, so that's pretty nasty. And I'm not sure about Butters yet, but with the syndesmosis, they're pretty nasty. So you'd think six-plus weeks. Yep. And then you've got uh, a couple injuries for Giants, which are, are really hurt them. Uh, you've got Cogs, he's out for 8 to 10, and DeBoer, 10 as well, uh, roughly. So that's going to really... Uh, I think someone else actually was out for um, for the Giants. Well, I can't remember uh, right now in the moment, but, yeah, they're going to be they're going to be struggling uh, without those blokes. Uh, Cogs and DeBoer, two of their real gut-running midfielders, uh, that's going to really hurt them, I think, going forward and make it tough to, you know, get four points. Yeah, absolutely. He has, he's had a very luckless run over about the uh, the last year or so. Even even 2019, he did a bad knee injury um, towards late in the season and he missed the grand final. So he's had a really unlucky couple of years and let's just hope for a speedy recovery for him. Yep. And Rampy, uh, he's out for four uh, who knows? He could have been throwing the frisbee again with his dog. We don't know. Um, no, what, what did he do? I'm, I can't even. Couldn't even tell you. Uh, I didn't notice it uh, during the game, but he's having finger surgery. Yeah. So okay. I th- that uh, suggests that he's got a just a, like a broken finger, or he's done some damage with the ligaments or something. But he played out the game, so that's a tough effort, and he's a tough player. But It'll be interesting to see how Sydney go losing their best medium forward and their best key defender. See if they can maintain their form with those couple um, bad injuries. Yep. Uh, and then Hayden Young, he's he's going to be sitting out for twelve, um, and he's done me dirty there. I had him in my super coach, and he got about eighteen, I think. Uh, and yeah, he's really done me dirty there. Uh, I've been struggling uh, on the best of weeks, and this week I think I was in the 1600 figures which is is devastatingly poor and um I apologize I'm 106,000 ranked out of 160 so that's not that bad um however I am about 900 behind the second last bloke in my league so yeah uh, no it's not it's no real coming back from yeah, that it's not uh, great Lockie Neal I've had him in my team since day 1 he was my you know, I back him in from the first round. He's been shit ass this year. Not shit ass, but he's been shit ass with the fantasy. Seventies, you can't be. I've coughed up seven hundred k. I'm not taking seventies. He's but. he's been all right, but below, well below uh, the expectation that you would have hoped. Yeah, um, for sure. When you first picked him, yeah, yeah, and I think. Um, we move on. That rounds out just about all the injury. Oh, I've got to mention Stephen May. Obviously, if you haven't oh, seen yeah, that, Stephen, we if you haven't see. seen that. Um, he hasn't either because he has. He's only got vision out of one eye. Uh, his one of his eyes is horrendously nasty, uh, fractured eye socket, and a concussion to go with it. Uh, his eye is. It's I, I can't really it's put a, into words. It's, it's the worst it's eye, eye eye and face injury I've ever seen. It looks it looks horrendous. And the poor bloke, he would have really struggled to get off the field because he was pissing. It's, it's only coming. Yeah, and it's only come out. He couldn't open his eye. And it's only come out today that he had concussion as well, so he probably couldn't even walk straight, let alone see. So he did well. Poor to, guy. He did well to get off the field and get to hospital. The big fella. Yeah, it was a good hit from Tomahawk. Nice sharp elbow and and um. But yeah, Steve May. Good luck with that, brother. Uh, all the best. Yeah, 
in all in all seriousness, I'd be hoping nasty. they get him back reasonably soon because he's fantastic defender and big reason why they've started so well. Yep. Uh, moving on, back pocket player of the week. No, they don't have to be playing in the back pocket. They can be playing anywhere. Um, it's just a bit of a rendition of hero of the week, but we're going to go player of the week. Uh, last week, it's there's no chance that it could have been anyone else. Zach Bailey. Every kid dreams of the opportunity. The week before, he's had the chance ripped out of his hands to win the game as he's tackled Blissarves and he's holding the footy and it didn't get called. Should have been iced the cake and kicked it from five out. But it wasn't a B. And the next week, what, he got what he deserved and that was an absolute sealer in front of a big crowd. Um, and from, from about 40, I guess. And yeah, he loved it off the boot and you knew it. So after the sign, uh, goal was the only option, five points, and Zach Bailey, the young man, has went back composed and he slotted it. So he's the player of the week for last week, and as was he Connors, I believe. Yeah, no, absolutely. Like you said, fantastic um, effort in such a pressure moment to go back and... Especially for a young fellow yeah, as well. Yeah, and slot it so casually after what happened the week before and the position that, that the team... Uh, found themselves in and would have found themselves in if he hadn't kicked that one straight. So, yeah, nah, full credit to him and, yeah, just a great effort, really. Yep, and Connor, uh, tell us your back pocket player of the week for this week. So I'm going to go uh, Christian Petrarca. Uh, he had he obviously had a really good year last year, high draft pick, and ever since he's got over his injury troubles, he's been a fantastic player. He had 36 disposals. He kicked two goals. 10 score involvement, so he didn't just kick him, he set him up also. Um, but but Christian, only two tackles, mate, so uh, work on your pressure game. But other than that, he's a, he had a fantastic uh, day and he's had a fantastic year so far. So, yeah, there's not more, much more you can say, really. He's part of a fantastic midfield that are firing week in, week out. Yep. Uh, my part of the week goes to Jack Steele uh, in... What was a captain's performance? Definitely, well and truly. Uh, but to get the boys over the line, when you're down by 33 in the third quarter against West Coast, who are a very good side, um, to come back and leading the way with 33 touches, 17 of which were contested, uh, as well as six clearances and a goal, um, he was, yeah, instrumental. Uh, Jack Steele, so... Yeah, he's definitely the player there, and he always he's a tackling machine. He's managed six uh, as well, so he's had an absolute ripper, uh, Jack Steele, and got the boys over the line in what was yeah a big win. I think they kicked, um, you know, they obviously stormed home. It might have been eight unanswered goals nearly, or um, yeah, well, something will, like that. Yeah, well, to storm they were home down by thirty-three, nearly six goals, and then they uh, got in front of the stage there, and obviously held the lead and won. Yeah, they would have kicked something like that. Yeah, still, uh, yeah, he's a great player. But it's almost kryptonite, it seems, this year to be uh, leading and leading by a bit of a buffer this um, so far this year. Teams, I've seen it um, well, multiple times now, uh, teams getting run run down from behind when it looks seemingly like they're going to win. And I was I was thinking to myself the other day that it's oh, it's just a sort of inexperienced um, struggling teams that have that have fallen, but West Coast are one of the best teams going around of the last uh, three or four years, and they uh, choked up 
uh, six goal lead to lose by by almost four goals. So yeah, it's interesting how that's been playing out, and no doubt the man on the mark and all that stuff has had a big influence with the scoring and teams' abilities to come back. Yep, uh, we got the story of the week now. Uh, I always love, you know, bringing this to you. I've, I've had some shockers. I've had some good ones, no doubt. Uh, but I've got another one. So uh, we're winding back the clock a couple of weeks ago. Uh, I'm working currently for the local paper. You know, I was um, working for the weekend taking photos. So um, I get Ross, well, a job on a Sunday, Sunday lunchtime, a job. Uh, taking photos of a darts competition, darts championships uh, in the, the local Hamilton, local region. Um, and, yeah, I've, you know, I've went there. It's dark in there. It's going to be tough to get good photos, nice and clear, you know. It's – you're not a, you're not flat, but you're not uh, – you can think of better things to do on your Sunday. Uh, anyway, so I'm there. I'm taking – snapping away, trying to get a few locals. And um, some bloke comes up to me and says – Oh, mate, look over there. You might want to get a couple of photos of that bloke. Uh, so I follow his gaze, and it was no other than uh, Leon Davis playing a bit of darts. And uh, I obviously went over there, had a chat to him, a former guest of the podcast. He, you know, he remembered us, and it was good. We had a good chat. And, uh, yeah, he's a man of many talents as well, Leon. Uh, he was tearing it up with the darts. And, yeah, lots of people, I think, uh, were... Even though he's uh, he lives in the local region, play, um, but I think lots of the people uh, travel from Melbourne and stuff, so they were quite uh, excited, I guess, and uh, surprised to see him there. Uh, but he drove away, and uh, he gave me thumbs up. So that's always great to get uh, from a star like him. So yeah, that was that was the story of the week. It was yeah, good catching up with him. Uh, no doubt, people have probably seen a photo on our socials. Uh, but, yeah, shout out to Leon. Sure, he's listening. And, uh, yeah, keep up the good work, brother, with the darts. It's quality stuff. Yeah. Yeah, you don't mind that. Um, yeah, just having a bit of a chat to uh, one of the best small forwards and one of the most talented players going around of the last however many years yeah. in the game. And he's obviously a fantastic fella, as we know from our podcast interview and does a lot for the community. So, yep. yeah, good on him. Uh, now we'll move on. Just a little thing I want to touch on. Um, it's recently emerged on the Dylan Friends podcast. Uh, obviously, we're great mates with Dill. Uh, he supports the pod, we support his, uh, you know, that sort of stuff. Um, he had a chat to Cade Simpson and Cade Simpson said he's he's happy to go around again. If he, if he was uh, – if someone threw the, the bait out there on the rod – uh, he'd absolutely bite that up and he'd, yeah, he'd take that chance. So he's um, hoping, well, I, I, th- I assume he's hoping that, you know, in the mid-season draft that it could be a position for the 37-year-old uh, in, a, in a side. So that was, that was interesting um, and pretty fascinating, I guess, because a bloke that's played that many games and been retired, uh, yeah, to have the uh, hope to come back is, yeah, exciting stuff. Yeah, age has never been a small limitation uh, to playing AFL, I don't think. Like, age, it's really... It's just a state of mind. Yeah, yeah, I suppose so. It's really just a a number because there's so many fantastic players 
Sean Bergwijn still playing playing reasonable footy, and I don't even know how old he is, but he's he's about eighty nine, I think. Yeah. Now, but yeah, or, it feels like he's been around for for forever, really. But yeah, Cade Simpson was still a fantastic fantastic contributor to the Blues last year, and yeah, I've got no doubt that he could uh, could play if given the opportunity, and I'm sure he could provide a valuable experience and a, a good year or two of footy. Who knows, maybe it, maybe more. Like it's hard to it's really hard to say when guys retire and they're still in good form and their bodies uh still fine with how long they've actually got left. But yeah, no, he's an absolute star, Cade Simpson. And I'd love to see him pull him on again. Yep. Uh and another thing I just want to quickly mention obviously shout out to our Local boy from the region, Sam Kerber. Uh, he made his debut for South Australia in the Sheffield Shield and made a 50 on debut, 55 I think it was. Uh, formerly from Dunkeld, played uh, cricket for the Grampians and Hamilton. Uh, so, yeah, that's that's great for him uh, to be able to, first of all, play at that level and, yeah, to get a bit of success in his first knock uh, with a 50 is, yeah, shout out to him, great effort and, uh, yeah, look forward to seeing him in the Redbacks uh, in the future. Yeah, he bowled a lot of a lot of he overs did, actually, as well, yeah. and I think in the second innings he also made thirty three, and he's since played a couple um, one day games for South Australia, and taken a few wickets and made a few handy sort of starts and scores. So good on him, and uh, he's just a guy that's performed really well in the um, the SA Premier Cricket. I think he was averaging ninety or something ridiculous yeah, like that with yeah. the bat, and then he comes in at number eight and can also bowl as many overs as you really need out of him. So, yeah, I think he'll be a fantastic player uh, for years for South Australia. Yep. And, Connor, I want to chat about a player loan system. It was proposed by uh, Dimmer. I guess it's thrown it out there, and it is used in other sports, uh, soccer being one of them. Uh, And it's interesting. Uh, I want to get your thoughts on it, Connor. What's your thoughts on a player loan system, Matt? Yeah, Probably first thoughts. Um, I'm not a, I'm not a massive fan. I wouldn't, I wouldn't say because, in terms of uh, the side you support, like just say for example Richmond, there's guys that, uh, obviously aren't getting opportunities, and you'd like to see them get opportunities, but then, then they they'll just leave a club, and they could like you you just wonder what what could have been if you have a few injuries and um well they could have really contributed uh for for the rest of the year and you know in future years with injuries and you never know how far guys away from just sort of blossoming and becoming stars um we see it all the time but in terms of giving um players opportunities to play the game it's a really good um sort of idea and and uh, proposition, but uh, you don't want to see uh, guys sort of go somewhere else and it not work out for them there when um, they probably could have got uh, opportunities at their original club if things like injuries and stuff come up because it would be for guys that really aren't too far away from getting a game that just want a game, so, yeah. Yep, um... You can ask me what I think about it if you want. Yeah. No. No, what do you, I, well, not sure I really answered it. Like, it's a good idea for 
it's a good proposition for um yeah for players out out there I suppose but I'm just not a massive fan but what are your thoughts yeah it might be different I think it's I think it's a good initiative but I just don't I just don't like like it really I just don't really see it working uh it's probably more so for me the competitive nature kind of of playing for a different side that's not yours against even your side, you know, and then being in a different club with a different culture, with a different bunch of boys, learning different game plans and stuff, and then to come back to your other club, back to the old boys, back to the old game plan, back to everything, and now you're going to be back playing against boys you've played with. I know people come up through the ranks and play for you together, but I just, I don't really like it in terms of being in a completely different side with a different group different coach and then playing against your own players I just think in terms of that competitive nature I just don't think the competitive nature of AFL would ever really allow a player loan system to happen no matter how good uh, proposition it is and I think it's good we want young fellas to have a go but I just don't think it'll ever develop um, even though it has in other sports yeah I just don't really see it happening in AFL footy yeah it just sounds uh, too hard and too complicated to work smoothly, I think. Yep. Um, moving on, I think this nearly rounds us out. Um, I think we'll just briefly chat about locally uh, Hamilton Kangaroos. Uh, they've started off the season with a big win against Port Ferry, which was uh, under lights, wet conditions, very cold. Uh, my hands were quite numb from probably quarter time of the resis. <laughs> um, but no, it was it was good, really good for the boys to get up. Uh, the first time they've ever won round one in, since they merged from the Imps, uh, so that was that was really good to see. Um, and I think Jared Fitzgerald's really got the boys going, going well with a good structure and a bit more game plan about it. Um, and I think the structure really held up well, uh, even though Port Ferry may, may not be much this year. I think, yeah, it's great signs for the boys. Yeah, oh, it was really impressive to see, and they had all football wins, so uh, five wins for the day, so it was a very successful outing for them. But, yeah, it was their f- obviously their first round one win, and you could just tell the difference with how they set up, and there might there's a couple new players they've obviously got, but the personnel is not really that different, but they just seem to be playing uh, a lot better than what they had. But, yeah, with the... It was very chilly, and I was actually wearing shorts and ankle socks, so I don't know if that's just a shocking misjudgment of the weather, of the weather or sheer stupidity by myself. I'd I, go the latter. I think sheer stupidity. Yeah, I think so too, because <laughs> the old man said it was going to be pretty cold, but I sort of refused to listen, and I was pretty freezing, but by the end of it, couldn't even feel anything, so it was all right. <laughs> Correct. Um, yeah, no, it was fresh for sure. So um, I think... Uh, yeah, I was going to say, so the pod, 41 episodes of the pod. And, you know, we've had lots of listeners, we have lots of guests, lots of comments. We've had, we've had lots of people get behind it. We've had lots of people like the socials and follow. And, and actually, now that I'm on that, we had 12 likes on a Twitter uh, reply, which is absolutely astounding. Uh, I think we've only got 10 followers, so 12 uh, likes you do the math but that was great to see as well so thanks for that everyone but I was gonna say sponsors uh, where are you guys at 
like I've been, I've been waiting for I've been waiting for the email from Nike and and Adidas and even you know even like any big company I've just been waiting for it. even maybe a little Reebok kind of deal uh, I've just been like looking at the Gmail account just waiting for it to pop up and really haven't seen anything yet so um, to Nike Adidas uh, Reebok New Balance guys get behind us um, I'm. I think the emails might have got lost in post, but yeah, we are searching for a couple. Well, we'd love to have a couple of sponsors if um, we could find some that and get something to work. Uh, local businesses, business of a higher level, whatever. Uh, we'd love to make that development. That would be good fun for sure. I think so. Um, yeah, just putting the call out uh, to those massive names and Under Armour if you want. Uh, and yeah, that'd be good. Yeah, yeah. No, it would be good to have. Have a sponsor, house, however small or however big, it'd be, it'd be a lot of fun. And well, I mean, the whole experience of it's been a lot of fun. Telstra, Telstra, if you guys, I know I'm with Optus, but you can get me on board if you want. Want to offer me a sponsorship? Yeah, no, the whole experience has been pretty fun, but yeah, but we're that, not stopping yet. That would be start. no, that would be pretty good, and uh, we got big things planned um uh, in the future, and hopefully that can, uh, can go well, and you all in enjoy it and i guess we'll probably re- reveal that at a, a later date yeah for sure and yeah like talking big things plan connor and i, connor and I are moving into our own house uh together so we will have a specific studio uh for the pod and yeah that's part of the developments a minor part but yeah we've got plan things planned in terms of socials um things coming up try uh particular guests we've got big things planned so uh, stay tuned for that. It'll be all revealed on the socials in, in coming weeks, uh, hopefully. So, um, yeah, moving the house will be good. Uh, the Lad Pad, it is called, uh, inspired by uh, good comedian Billy Darcy. So that'll be good fun. The last thing I wanted to discuss briefly, the GOAT discussion has been thrown around this week. Uh, Con and I have spoken our mind on this before, uh, prior date, and I'm going to go with it. Uh, I'm backing Lee Matthews as my GOAT. Uh, we previously spoke about that. I think Gary Ablett Jr. actually was voted as the GOAT, but Lee Matthews uh, would be mine. However, um, I think Connors would be different. Briefly yeah, well, touch on that. Yeah, well, I think when, when we discussed it last, I said Gary Ablett Sr., but... Ooh, he's going to change. No, didn't I say Gary Ablett Sr.? Yeah, yeah, Gary Ablett Sr., but you're going to no, go with him? No, no, I'll Back stick, I'll stick yeah. with that, and I think... Uh, those two are probably the the best two, but I think Lee Matthews only got seven percent of the votes, which is it's criminal. It's stiff, yeah. It's criminal, really. But I think a lot has to do with the age of people voting. It would have been a younger demographic, obviously, being sure. on being on Instagram and they don't respect the old guns and all the social media, and they didn't. They probably don't appreciate it as much and. Wouldn't have seen they, him play. And they, yeah, they wouldn't have seen him play. So I don't think that's a really reliable study. I thought the uh, Duck Wayne guess. Carey. I thought the Duck Wayne Carey was stiff as well. From but all it, accounts and what I've heard, he should be right up there in discussion. And he was very low percent. Uh, so stiff there, the Duck. The Duck and Lee Matthews been robbed. Yeah, yeah, but um, not of the title, but, but of it, a few it votes. did have uh, it did have Gary but fifty uh, percent vote for the goat, which was. Uh, the junior. top, obviously the top, yeah, Gary Albert Jr. Sorry, and I mean I'm not, 
I'm, I don't agree or disagree with it, but you could make it. You could make an, a fair argument for him being the best of all time. I'm sure uh, if I said to someone, uh, write down a few arguments and uh, so on, that you'd be able to yeah come up with a fair bit for him because he's obviously been a legend. But there's there's so many players really that have been that have been great. It's just it's really hard to determine. But yep. um. Yeah, we'll see in uh, future years with who who else sort of come through the ranks and and what sort of happens there. But yeah, it's it's interesting topic to talk about. Yeah, lovely. I reckon that rounds us out pretty much. Um, yeah. So the main thing, just you know, uh, we've got exciting things planned. I'm going to really put in some hard yards. Um, try and bring some new things to the pod. Um, some more more active on social media platforms such as TikTok uh, is one of my uh, goals, I guess. Uh, but, yeah, I've got lots of ideas. I sat down with the notepad the other night and absolutely went bananas. Uh, I nearly ran out of ink, to be absolutely honest with you. So, uh, yeah, I've got things planned, so stay tuned for them. Uh, yeah, thanks for listening. It's been a, I think it's been reasonably lengthy, I'm not sure, but um, it was a good catch-up. We had a brief hiatus. So, yeah, it's good to be back and... Um, it's Friday then, the Saturday, Sunday, Monday. Did I get look good? <laughs> Come on, get, get around it, guys. No, nah, I don't. Um, like, this song's good, but I can't sing. Neither, but I, I can't crack, sing for absolute, so, nah. absolute shit. But enjoy your weekend, guys. Yeah, enjoy enjoy the sport, and it's yeah, it's great to. It's good to be back. It's great to be involved in in local and uh, elite sport uh, around the journey. So.